Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm excited to see you guys this morning. Thank you guys so much for your prayers. They were much needed on yesterday, and I am grateful for each of you guys. If this is your first time here, hello. Uh, We are excited that you're here. We read the Bible here, a chapter each and every day. So if that's something you're interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. And before we start, my nose is doing the morning thing again. But before we start, um, let me go ahead and say good morning to some of my friends I see here live this morning. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Latrice. Good morning, Raquel. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Colina. Good day, Anastasia. Good morning, Donita. Hey, Alicia. So glad to see you. Good morning, April. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Nydia. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Heather. So excited to see you guys this morning. Good morning, Erica. All right. We are in here this morning. I'm excited. All right, y'all. You know how we like to do it. Before we start, let's jump into a time of gratitude. What are you grateful to God for today? What are you grateful to God for today? You guys, I will start. I am grateful for each of you. Oh my goodness. Yesterday, or um, let me see. What I don't my days are all mixed up, but um, Wednesday night, I got some really uh, sad news, really sad news. And, um, it was tough, but, um, I'm grateful for each and every one of you guys for checking in on me, uh, sending messages, um, uh, sending funny memes. And Erica started a whole laughing thread in, uh, the Faith Bombs app. I thought it was hilarious. I scrolled through some of those memes and I was cracking up. So I am so grateful. Um, I'm grateful for each of you guys. I'm great. I'm just really grateful for this community. I really, really am. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the prayers. Even that, even those that didn't know what was going on, like uh, we just don't have the morning to Jesus was happening. So anyway, I'm grateful for you guys. I really am. So um, yeah, I want to make sure I said that this morning because truly, Y'all, y'all don't know the messages was, was God was using y'all through each and every message. 
some of y'all sent me texts some of y'all it was just awesome so thank you so much uh thank you so much nidius is grateful for dominique and for the faith mamas app it has transformed my life praise god hallelujah let me tell you this app has transformed my life too um this it, it just it really has the the community has transformed my life so i understand <laughs> And, and trust me, it's not me. Dominique does not know how to do an app. Dominique don't know how to do app this stuff. It is the Lord. I'm telling you, I and it and God is awesome. I'm so grateful. Lilith says, I am grateful to God for everything He has done for us and will be doing for us. Come on, hallelujah. Medea says, I'm grateful for my family. Hallelujah. April says, I'm grateful that He has covered you, Dominique. Amen. Me too. And I'm grateful that y'all were praying. I really am. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> uh, God is good. God is good. Erica's is first time I made uh, I made it this week, and I'm very grateful. I'm grateful to see you, sis, and that thre- the thread that you did in the Faith Mamas app was hilarious with all the funny memes. I was cracking up. So, yeah, I'm so grateful you're here. Brickell says, grateful for peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Woo. Yep. Amen. Good morning, Roma. Janice says, grateful for all the encouragement I get from all you beautiful ladies. Amen. Amen. Brandy says, I'm grateful God kept me strong through this long uh, work week starting Sunday to today. Happy Friday. Come on. Happy Friday. Hello. Happy Friday. And for those of us that this is, um, you, you celebrate Sabbath. This is Sabbath Eve kind of um, starts this evening. So happy Sabbath to you. Um, Audrey says, I am grateful for God healing me through the stroke. I have completed my therapy sessions. I no longer use a cane. Come on. And I'm truly grateful for mornings with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 T. Horton says, grateful to hear God's word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Medea, for praying for me. Hallelujah. Heather says, I'm grateful for new mercies. And it's just grateful for much better work week. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nidia says, oh, thank you, Nidia. That is so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Anastasia says, oh, goodness, y'all. I've been crying too much for the past 24 hours. I'm like, come on. I got to get through. <laughs> Anastasia says, too many things to be grateful for and thankful to participate today. Been a busy week, but I never miss mornings with Jesus. Come on. And mornings with Jesus is in the middle of your day. It's crazy. And here goes Karen praying for me. Karen, it's like 3 a.m. where she is. I'm like, look, y'all, it's just amazing. God, God is amazing that we can connect with each other no matter the time difference. And, and God is so good. Amen. Amen. Latrice is grateful for God for a community of believers and being able to be in a time where even virtual community is real too. Amen. Hallelujah. Natias is grateful for God working in my life and for working in all of your lives too. I love this community. Oh, me too, y'all. Really. Oh, Romans is grateful that it's Friday. Rest is within reach. Come on. Joanne says, grateful for another opportunity to study God's word and this tribe. I can't explain all the difference that this tribe has made in my life every day. I thank God for another um, for another one. God is so amazing. Hallelujah. Alicia says, I'm grateful for a new sister in Christ friend I made recently. That's awesome. She and her husband do a Bible study through uh, 
uh, through the night. And we, where did you go? Okay, I'm, I lost you. Okay, there we go. And um, we went last last Thursday. Oh, last Thursday. And Hunter and I both enjoyed it. He is sick, so we missed last night. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. That is amazing. Ellen says, grateful for this group of beautiful souls. I've been too busy to even be on my phone during the day, but I'm comforted just to know this group is here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So awesome. Karen says, grateful for the Lord's continuous provision and guidance. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Cheyenne is here. Amen. I'm so glad to see you. Sis, I always feel like I'm pronouncing your name wrong. And if I am, please let me know. If I pronounce anybody's name wrong on here, let me know. Call me out. Tell me about it. And then post a video in the Faith Mamas app saying your name and I will practice it. I will practice it. There was a Faith Mom that did that for me and I practiced it and I got it. I think I got it anyway. She said it was good. <laughs> Darita said, grateful for God showing up right on time when I wasn't sure how things were going to happen. God is faithful. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colina said, I'm so grateful. My friend that came to visit a few hours away, she hit a deer coming home and totaled her car. Um, even though that happened, he still kept her safe. Praise the Lord. Anything can change in an instant for that. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm so glad. Um, I'm so glad. Amen. Amen. Oh, I got the name right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anastasia says, seriously, being here is giving me accountability and heart checks before I make a move. I tell myself I can't keep doing mornings with Jesus, read the Bible, pray to have a heart, um, uh, pray to have a heart that conforms with Jesus and still remain the same. Come on. There has to be a difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hey, Heidi. She says, thankful God uses others to confirm what he has called me to do. Amen. Cheyenne says, I'm grateful for God meeting me in my sadness and frustration yesterday. Come on, sis. I understand that thing. I understand. Me too. <laughs> Margaret says, morning, everyone. Grateful for this new day. It's Friday. Woohoo. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis, just a reminder, replays are available on the podcast. I listen when driving that way when I miss the live. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And I've been trying to upload those. So let me know. Keep letting me know if it's helpful. Um, amen. And Alicia says her friend, her new friend brought her some homemade chicken, chicken noodle soup the first day we spoke to each other because we were all sick here. God blessed me for sure. Oh, that's so amazing. Amen. That's so awesome. God is so good, y'all. God is so good. We are going to jump into prayer, but don't let me stop your praise. Look, don't let me stop your praise. If you got a praise and you got to let it out, keep typing it in. If you are on the replay, type it in, let it out, shout it out. You can even pause this if you are on the replay and just thank God um, if you just want to keep getting it out. Come on, don't let me stop you, but I'm going to go ahead and pray us in as we prepare today to jump into Joshua chapter 13. And if you know anything about me, I kind of love biblical history. I'm kind of a nerd. So we're getting into some of the little nuances of the distribution of land. And some people may say, what does that have to do with us today? And I'm like, it, it got stuff to do with us. And it's so juicy, at least to me. And there's timeless truths tucked away in every ounce of scripture. So I am just excited to read this with y'all. I'm excited. 
All right, here we go, y'all. We're going to pray in and then we're going to open up Joshua chapter 13. Let's pray. <sighs> Father God, we love you. You are so awesome. You are so awesome, Lord God. And like my sister Cheyenne said, Lord, I am just grateful that you sit with us even in sadness. You don't run away. You don't, oh God, you're just so great. You're so awesome. And we are grateful for you. And Lord God, we ask that as we read uh, Joshua chapter 13, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would lead us and guide us, that it would be more than words on a page, but that we would, that we would hear from you, that we would um, know you better, that we would be drawn closer to you, Father. We desire to know you. We desire to know you. Lord God, I pray that even the parts of the scriptures that we feel like, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with us, that you would show us, you would show us why it is that it's here and what it is that you want us to see today. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Y'all. Let's read Joshua chapter 13. I'm going to be reading it from the CSB translation. If this is your first time reading with us, we read the chapter two times. The first time, I encourage you just to soak it in and just get a picture of what's happening. The second time, take out your pens, your highlighters, highlight keywords, underline words that are jumping out to you. Um, even if you don't know why they're jumping out to you, then we're going to move into a time of personal reflection. And then we're going to move into to a time of group reflection. And so I am super excited to, to study this with you all. Um, and I encourage, I, I've encouraged you guys throughout us reading the Old Testament is to lean in. A lot of times we want to lean out of the Old Testament because it feels distant. It feels removed. Um, but I encourage you to lean in because you might be surprised at what God shows you or what words jump out to you that you may not have noticed if you were just just reading through like, this doesn't have anything to do with me. So lean in, okay? Lean in. Here we go. Joshua chapter 13. Joshua chapter 13. Joshua was now old, advanced in age, and the Lord said to him, you have become old. Uh, you have become old and advanced in age, but a great deal of the land remains to be possessed. This is the land that remains. All the districts of the Philistines and the Gesherites from the Shihor east of Egypt to the border of Ekron on the north, considered to be Canaanite territory. The five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, as well as the Avites in the south, all the land of the Canaanites from Era of the Sidonians to Apec, and as far as the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebelites and all Lebanon, east from Balgad, below Mount Hermon to the entrance of Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misrepoth Mam, all the Sidonians. I will drive them out before the Israelites, only distribute the land as inheritance for Israel, as I have commanded you. Therefore, divide this land as inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. 
With the other half of the tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadites had received the inheritance Moses gave them beyond the Jordan to the east, just as Moses, the Lord's servant, had given them. From Aror on the rim of Arnon Valley, along the city in the middle of the valley, all the Mediba Plateau as far as Dibon, and all the cities of the king of Sihon of the Amorites who reigned in Heshbon, to the border of the Ammonites, also Gilead, and the territory of the Gershurites and Naphtites, all Mount Hermon and all Bashan to Selica, the whole kingdom of Og and Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth and Edari. He was one of the remaining Rephim. Moses struck them down and drove them out, but the Israelites did not drive out the Gesherites and the Machathites. So Gesher and Machath still live in Israel today. He did not, however, give any inheritance to the tribe of Levi. This was their inheritance, just as he promised, the offerings made by fire to the Lord, the God of Israel. To the tribe of Reuben's descendants, by their clans, Moses gave this as their territory, from Aror on the rim of Arnon Valley, along the city in the middle of the valley, the whole plateau as far as Madiba was Heshbon and all its cities on the plateau. Dibon, Bamoth, Baal, Bethbal, Mion, uh, Jahaz, Kedimoth, Mithath, Kiriatham, Sebama, Zareth Shar on the hill of the valley, Bethpor, the slopes of Pishgah, and Beth Jeshimoth, all the cities of the plateau, and all the kingdom of King Sihon of the Amorites who reigned in Heshbon. Moses had killed him and the chiefs of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zor, Hor, and Reba, the princes of Sihon who lived in the land along with those the Israelites put to death. They also killed the diviner Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. The border of the Reubenites was the Jordan and its plain. This was the inheritance of the Reubenites by their clans with the cities and their settlements. To the tribe of the Gadites by their clan, Moses gave this as their territory. Jazar and all the cities of Gilead and half the land of the Ammonites to Aror near Reba from Heshbon to Ramoth, Ramoth Mizpah and Betoman and from Mahinam to the border of Debir. In the valley, Bethram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth and Zephon. The rest of the kingdom of King Sihon of Heshbon, their land also included the Jordan and its territory as far as the east of the city of Chinnereth on the east side of the Jordan. This was the inheritance of the Gadites by their clans with the cities and their settlements. And to half the tribe of Manasseh, that is, the, to the half the tribe of Manasseh's descendants by their clan, Moses gave this as their territory. From Mehenam through all Bashan 
and all the kingdom of King Og of Bashan, including all of um, Jer's villages that are in Bashan, 60 cities, but half of Gilead and Og's royal city in Bashan, Ashtaraf and Edari are for the descendants of Mekir's son of Manasseh. That is half the descendants of Mekir by their clan. There were the portions Moses gave them on the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan east of Jericho. But Moses did not give a portion to the tribe of Levi. The Lord, the God of Israel, was their inheritance, just as he had promised them. All right, let's read this one more time. I'm going to put a map up so we can kind of see what we're doing or where we are. It's a small map, so I hope you can see. And if you're listening on podcast, I'll leave it in the show notes. Here we go. So here's a little map of where these clans are kind of. So here we go. Let's read this chapter one more time and I'll keep it up above my face. Joshua chapter 13. Joshua was now old and advanced in age. And the Lord said to him, you have become old, advanced in age but a great deal of the land remains to be possessed. This is the land that remains. All the districts of the Philistines and the Geshurites from Shihor east of Egypt to the border of Ekron on the north, considered to be Canaanite territory. The five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, as well as the Avites in the south, all the land of the Canaanites from Era of the Sidon, Sidonians to Apec and as far as the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gebelites, and all Lebanon east from Balgad below Mount Hermon to the entrance of Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misrebothmam, all the Sidonians, I will drive them out before the Israelites, only distribute the land as an inheritance for Israel, as I have commanded you. Therefore, divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. With the other half of the tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and Gadites had received the inheritance Moses had gave them beyond the Jordan to the east just as Moses, the Lord's servant, had given them. For from Aror to the rim of Arnon Valley, along the city, in the middle of the valley, all the Mediba plateau, as far as Dibion, and all the cities of King Sihon, of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, to the border of the Amorites, also Gilead, and the territory of the Geshurites and Machathites, all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan to Salakah, the whole kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. And Edari, he was one of the remaining Rephim. Moses struck them down and drove them out, but the Israelites did not drive out the Geshurites and the Machathites. So Geshur and Machath still live in Israel today. He did not, however, give any inheritance to the tribe of Levi. This was their inheritance, just as he promised the offerings made by fire to the Lord, the God of Israel. To the tribe of Reuben, Reuben's descendants, by the clans, Moses gave this as their territory. 
from Aror on the rim of the Arnon Valley, along with the city in the middle of the valley. The whole plateau as far as Mediba with Heshbon and all its cities on the plateau. Dibon, Bamoth, Baal, Beth Baal, Mion, Jahaz, Kedimoth, Methpath, Kiriathim, Sibama, Zerith, Shahar, on the hill in the valley, Beth Peor, the slopes of Pishka, and Beth Jeshemoth, all the cities of the plateau and all the kingdom of King Sihon of the Amorites who reign in Heshbon. Moses has killed him and the chiefs of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zor, Hor, and Reba the princes of Sihon who lived in the land, along with those the Israelites put to death. They also killed the diviner, Balaam's son of Behor, with the sword. The border of the Reubenites was the Jordan and its plain. This was the inheritance of the Reubenites by their clan, with the cities and their settlements. To the tribe of the Gadites by their clans, Moses gave this as their territory. Jazar and all the cities of Gilead and half the land of the Ammonites to Aror near Reba from Heshbon to Ramoth, Mizpah, and Betomi, and from Mahinam to the border of Debir in the valley, Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of King Sihon of Heshbon, their land also included the Jordan and its territory as far as the edge of the Sea of Chinnereth on the east side of the Jordan. This was the inheritance of the Gadites by their clans with the cities and their settlements and to the ha- and to half the tribe of Manasseh, that is the half the tribe of Manasseh's descendants by their clan. Moses gave this as their territory from Mahaniam, through all Bashan, all the kingdom of King Og of Bashan, including all of Jair's villages that are in Bashan, 60 clans, but half of Gilead and Og's royal city in Bashan, Ashtaroth and Edri are for the descendants of Makir's son of Manasseh. That is half the descendants of Makir by their clans. This was the portions Moses gave them on the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan east of Jericho. But Moses did not give a portion to the tribe of Levi. The Lord, the God of Israel, was their inheritance just as he promised them. All right, let's pray. Oh, Father God, them names so hard. (laughs) Lord, I thank you so much for uh, this chapter. I thank you for you reminding us and reminding me that the Bible was not written in English and that it is translated. And Lord God, helping us to see, Lord, that there are some cultural differences that we need to understand as well. So Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the difficulty. I thank you for the struggle of just reading the names. I thank you, Lord God, um, for all that you're showing us. And Lord, as we move into, um, into a time of personal reflection, I pray that you would draw out things we never even thought of 
that you would direct our path, that you would show us, you would show us why you want us in this chapter today. Lord God, we pray that you just do what you do every single Mornings with Jesus, where we read a chapter and we don't even understand how this impacts us. Lord, I pray that you would show us what it is you want us to see about you today. Show us what it is that you want us to see about humanity. Show us what it is, whatever it is you want us to see. I pray that you would draw us to you, Lord God, and that our eyes would be focused on you. Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and where you lead, we will follow in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's take a few moments to reflect on Joshua chapter 13, and then let's come back together and reflect together. Here we go. All right, guys, we are back to reflect on Joshua chapter 13. I thank you guys so much for your encouragement as I I got through those names. Y'all probably saw me laughing and like, oh, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but I, I love it. I love it because it reminds us. Um, it reminds us of what God is doing, where God is doing it, the cultural significance of it all. And so I, I'm excited to stumble through the name. So that's awesome. Amen. So I want to give us a little bit of history history before we jump into our reflections, just so we can kind of really understand what's going on here. So I'm going to pull up this little map again. So we are talking about specifically the lands that were given to East Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, and then he mentions um, Levi, the tribe of Levi, of course. So these are the, the tribes that were given their land before Joshua took over. So that's why we notice that it says Moses gave them these lands. So this was territory that was already conquered. If you were reading with us at the very beginning of Joshua, you remember how Joshua said to the tribes, a few of the tribes of Israel, hey, your wives and your children can stay here in the land that you already have, but you have to come and fight alongside. You have to come and fight alongside us so that your brothers can inherit their land that they have been given. And so they they left their children and their wives in the land that we're talking about right now. They left their children and wives there and they went on to help their brothers. And then now they're coming back to the land that they were all ready given. Another fun history fact about all of this, because we are going to literally look at the breakdown of all of these lands 
and where, you know, how they got them and what territories they conquered in order to get them. But if you know anything about um, kind of the history of Israel, you know that after the conquest, after Israel, was, there was a conquering by the Assyrians. And so these tribes, a lot of these tribes are what we call the lost tribes of Israel um, because they kind of assimilated. We don't really know where they are. They kind of assimilated into the culture after they were conquered. And so the only ones that were kind of standing was the southern tribe, which was what we would say is Judah and Benjamin and some of the Levites. Um, and so that's where we get the, the term Jewish from, right? Because the southern kingdom was the Jude Judean kingdom, because eventually the kingdom of Israel split. We're going to see all of this as we skim through the Bible. And this all matters, and we're going to talk about it. But the, the kingdom of Israel split. Um, and so Judah and Benjamin and some of the Levites stuck together, and the rest of the tribes kind of split off. And that those are these tribes that we're studying are what we call or call the lost tribes of Israel. Okay, cool beans. Let me see what is standing out to you guys as we read through all the names, all the history, all of this. Uh, what is standing out to you? Raquel says, verse 14, the Levites' possession, uh, position required trusting God, come on, to meet their every need. The Lord himself was their portion, an inheritance which is good, because he set them apart for himself. Yes. So what we learn about the Levites here that stands true throughout, throughout the Old Testament and things, what we learn about the Levites, they had no land. They were given no land. And because they were given no land, they were not able to grow food. They were not able to have, they were not able to have crops or livestock. They were not able to, this is an, we have to understand this is an agricultural society here. So they were not able to work um, and do things that cost money or that they can exchange for money. They couldn't grow things and sell them. They were, the other tribes had to take care of them by what God said. So basically that's where you get like when the other tribes tithe, it would go into the storehouse and it would take care of the Levites. And if, for instance, the other tribes decided not to do what they were supposed to do, the Levites were at their, at the whim of the obedience of the other tribes. It's very interesting, but yet a beautiful picture. So I'm glad you brought it up. Anastasia says, question, question. Chapter 14, the tribe of Levi will receive the share of the sacrifices burnt on the altar. What does that mean? So basically when people, when people would come and do their sacrifice, they would sacrifice animals. And part, and part of that, the Levites could eat. So again, they did not have, they, they, did, they weren't given land. They couldn't get their own food. So basically, God required offerings, and then the Levites could eat what was left over from the offerings that were put on the altar. Yeah. Um. Lilith says, verse 14, verse 33, and verse 6 through 7. Let's go through 6 through 7. Let's see what it says. Verse 6 through 7. All the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Meshfoth-Mam, all the Sidons, I will drive them out before Israelite, the Israelites only distribute the lands as an inheritance for Israel as I have commanded you. So basically he's telling, he's telling Joshua, there's still some more land and fighting to do. <laughs> But you do your part. You distribute the lands in accordance to what I gave you, what I told you to do. 
Genesis, I found it interesting that the Levites were not given land. God is their inheritance. Um, maybe some mega church pastors need to take a look there, but also what inheritance are we focused on? And, and, and that's an interesting connection to, to mega church pastors. So now they weren't given land, but they were taken care of, right? They were taken care of and they were taken care of well. So this is what we have to understand about the Levites. They were taken care of and they were taken care of well. As the nation of Israel um, flourished, the Levites flourished also. So we have to understand that. It was a big trust thing because you're also ultimately trusting the obedience of the people to give offering to the Lord, which would then go to feeding the Levites. And we have to understand the Levites had wives and children to take care of. We have, to, we have to understand that the Levites were, they had families. They had families that they had, they had taken, they were taking care of as well. So this was not just a group of single men. They had families that were at the, that had to rely on the, the offerings and the giving of the people and rely on God giving them what was left over from these things. It was a very big trust walk. They could not they had to dedicate their lives in service to God. Dedicate their lives in service to God. Brandy said, it stated that the tribe of Levi did not receive land twice. That stood out to me. I wonder if there's some significance there. Yeah, every time the scriptures say something twice, it's definitely something to take note of. Karen says, Levi was the only tribe that did not receive an inheritance. The fire gift offerings to God, the God of Israel, are their inheritance as he told them in Joshua 13, 14. Yeah. So that's basically, that's how they're going to eat. That's how they'll be taken care of. Erica says, and, and, and the interesting thing about Levites, so what you have to understand about them, they weren't given land, which means that they were dispersed into the lands of all the people. So let's go ahead and pull this map, map back up. So we see all these tribes and in all the tribes, they had a, a, some, some, of, some of Levi. So in Judah, there was some of Levi In Benjamin, there was some of Levi and Dan, there was some of Levi, the, the Levitical, the Levitical family, the Levites, they lived dispersed in all of them. So they would set up their homes and things inside the other cities or inside the other areas. And those places would become their home. Hence why when the kingdom split up and we say that there was lost tribes of Israel because of war. There are still some there were still some Levites in the tribe of Judah because that was their home, right? So we have to understand that they didn't they didn't have a land. It wasn't like oh where the tabernacle is, then the Levites stay there. No, no, no. they had to stay within the cities. They couldn't even stay together as a tribe, as a clan. They couldn't even stay together. They had to disperse and stay with whatever land within the land that the people would give them. So that was the the that was their inheritance. That was how they lived. That was how they lived. Erica says, just as God is specific with these families, he is specific with mine too. Come on, pull out them timeless truths. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Donita said, verse 14, tribes of Israel received food offerings. And verse 33, the Lord was their inheritance. Oh, so they have land and just fought to exchange uh, oh, so they have land and just fought 
fought in exchange for the Lord. They have no land. So the Levites have no land and they have no way to get food. They, they live among the people and they fought with the people, right? They went first. They fought first. Like they fought with their brothers in, in with all of the other nations, but they did, were not fighting for a land of their own. The Lord was their inheritance. Ellen says, verse 33, just as he had told them, this makes me think of how God does tell us about the rewards in heaven. Yeah, Romans is verse 33. The tribe of Levi didn't receive any territory. They got something better. The presence of God, priceless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, amen. Colleen said, the numbers are, of our hair are known. Are no, um, and God knows all our names. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Donita says, sorry, th they have no land. Interesting. Yet yeah, no land. They have no land of their own. No land of their own. The children of Levi are very, very interesting. We'll talk a little bit about it. I want to get through some of these. CJ says, verse 14 and 33, Levi didn't receive a physical inheritance. Come on, y'all are right there with me. Levi didn't receive a physical inheritance, but something greater. God is all we need and God is more than enough. Colina said, so if they weren't given land, did they live on someone else's? Yes, yes, exactly. They lived among all the other nations. The other nations had to give them land and food. The other nations had to take care of them. The other nations had to take care of them. Amen. Let's stop, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. <clears throat> So when you hear, has anybody ever heard the scripture in Malachi where it says, you've robbed me, you've robbed me of your tithes and offerings. And Malachi is talking to the children of Israel and he's saying, you know, there's no, you know, give, give to my storehouse. So basically when we have to understand the Levites position, um, when the, when the tribes of Israel were like, we don't want to give, it directly impacted the Levites. All it directly impacted the Levite families and all of this. Everything was impacted. So we have to understand the situation that the Levites were in. The Levites were required to fight for the Lord, fight in the fight in the battles that they were in. The Levites were required to serve the Lord. And then they were required to trust the Lord for their food, to trust the Lord for their where they're going to live. They had no land. They had no way of getting food and they had to trust the Lord to do it. And the way that the Lord did it was through the blessings that he blessed the other tribes with. So we have to understand this, is that the blessings that he blessed the other tribes with, that the other tribes would then bring a portion to, um, to, to offer to the Lord, the Lord would then take his portion, the, the, all of it is his, but the Lord would then take the part of what they gave him and he would then disperse it out to the Levites. So all of this was like one big family unit of how all of this worked. It was one big community. They had to work together. And if they did not, 
one tribe would suffer the most, which would be the tribe of Levi. It is so interesting. Their journey is interesting. And then you start to see some Levitical priests in the Old Testament start to get a little manipulative, start to try to do things to get things from the people, um, start to try to do little interesting things. So you begin to see this division and between them that starts to happen. It is very, the whole, that tribe is so interesting that we, when we follow through the scriptures. Okay. Um, Ah, man, this is so good. I love, I love this. I love this. Okay. Let me go back up. Mm -mm -mm. Where am I? Okay, CJ says, the word intangible comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, Donita says, so thinking about the Levites just reminds me that God will take care of us no matter what blessings others are getting. Yeah. Yep. Audrey says, from one act of obedience, God prom- God's promises will go from generation to generation. We should take this to heart. Yeah. Heart check moment for me, Donita says. I may be fighting for the Lord right alongside others, and the rewards from God could be different for me in the eyes of man, but it's still a blessing from God. Yeah. This is good. I want to talk a little bit about this, and man, this is so awesome. So let's talk about how God does things, right? Let's talk about how God does things. The blessings of every tribe looked different. Each tribe was given a particular allotment of land. And the Levites were not given land, but they were given another inheritance. So everybody had a specific thing or a specific area that they were given as a blessing. It all looked different. And if you look at the map here, they were all different sizes. So every allotment of land that was given was a different size. Reuben could not say to Judah, why do you get more and I don't get what you get? Gad could not say to Manasseh, how come you guys got two allotments of land? Why? Because all of this belonged to the Lord and it was his choice as to who gets what where. And this is one thing that I believe is a timeless truth that permeates throughout the scriptures is that we have got to trust God to give us what we need and not compare what he gave someone else to what he's giving to us. We have got to trust God that the allotment that he gives us is what we need. But then if God requires us to give a portion of the allotment to someone else, we cannot then therefore say, this is mine. I don't want to give it because what it's basically saying is, God, I'm not going to do what you say. And guess what? There is someone's life that's on the line. We have to understand this about the the children of Israel and the Levites. God gave Judah, God gave Reuben, God gave all these tribes an allotment of land and trusted them to take care of their brothers by doing what he told them to do with what he gave them. There was no way that they would have gotten this land if it wasn't for God. 
So they would have still been nomads, wanderers with no land if it wasn't for God doing what he did, even though it was super uncomfortable for us to read throughout all of Joshua, all the war and everything. But without God, this little this little nation would not have gotten where they got. And so now God places them there and then he requires them to not only offer offer offerings to him, but to take care of their brothers to take care of the Levites and to be okay with the land they have. What ended up happening is that they, that's what I said, the, the, the tribe split. And this is, this, this is where you see the heart of humanity, right? This is where we see the heart of humanity. Eventually the tribes split into the, into Southern Israel and Northern Israel. They really start, stopped working together. But if you look at the how the tribes and the dispersion of tribes, they were designed to be a community and a unit. This was literally one nation designed to be under God. Designed with it already embedded in their structure to take care of others and designed with it already embedded in their structure that everybody gets what they need. We have to understand how the blessings of God works. This goes all, remember, this goes all the way back to Exodus. Remember in Exodus when um, God would bless them with the manna and the quail. And he said, only take this much. And that means some families got a little bit and some families got a lot according to what they needed. And some sometimes we look at what someone else got and we want what they have. And God's like, you don't even need all of that. What? But theirs is bigger. They got a bigger. Well, because they need it for what I'm calling them to do. You don't actually need that for what I'm calling you to do. I need you to have this. Well, no, I want that because it looks better. It looks bigger. No, no, no. But you don't need that. It goes, it goes like this. If God is calling you to be a missionary. And you keep coveting that big house someone has. God's like, but I don't want you to be stationary. I actually want you to move around. So that's why I'm not going to give you this big, huge house because you're not called to be stationary. I actually want you to move around. No, God, but I want that house with all those things because that's what looks blessed. And God's like, no, what looks blessed is what I give you because I'm going to give you what you need to do the thing that I've called you to do. To make sure that I, I am provide, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to take you to where I need you to go. But no, God, I want what they have. I want what they have. I want, I want what they have. Think about it. If you think about the Levites, we're saying, oh, such a blessing that your inheritance is the Lord. Woo. But think about them. We don't get no land though. None. We get no land. We can't even take care of our own families if we want to. Like we we can't even plant our own food unless somebody, we, we get no land, none. Yeah, you get no land because that's what you need based on what I'm calling you to do. You don't need land, but they have land. Why don't I get land? Now I got to trust these people to take care of my family. That doesn't seem to be a blessing from the Lord, but it is. But it is. (sighs) 
Because God is going to give you what you need to do what he told you or he has commissioned you to do. And it will be enough. It doesn't matter if this one got more or that one got more. Because God is not thinking about you got more or you got less. You got what you need. To do what I called you to do. I've provided for the vision. There's provision for you. Come on. Hosolani says comparison is the beginning of discontent, which leads to disconnection from the Lord. We have no idea of the journey someone had to take or go through. Yeah. We have no idea the journey someone else had to take or go through. And we have no idea what God is calling them to versus what God is calling me to. And then we can think about it weird and say, oh, well, well, do they get more land because they're called to a bigger, they have a bigger calling than me? Though that doesn't make any biblical sense, right? Because the Levites had a very big, bigger call, a very big calling and yet had no land. God is basically showing us, you've got to trust that what I gave you is what you need. And you can't compare what they have and determine that what they, since they have more, they must be called to more. God must love them more. No, that's not how God works. That's not, that's not a characteristic of God that flows throughout scripture. God is strategic and he doesn't waste resources. So he gives you what you need. He gives you what you need. Throughout this, we're going to see how he breaks down, strategically breaks down every ounce of land to make sure that each area has what they need to do what they need to do. Come on. Genesis, amen. God will provide. Are we willing to accept what he provides and how he does it, even if it looks different than what we want or expect? God will provide. God will provide what you need. God will provide what you need. You know, it's interesting. Recently, um, recently I, I'm going through an issue. I've gone through an issue with the with a friend of mine. And um, and I've gone through these issues before. And I noticed. And this is just, this is a hard check for me, hard check for everybody. But I've noticed that if something good happens specifically in the Faith Mamas ministry, I've noticed that people that are close to me will pull away and will say things like, well, why didn't you help me do this? And why didn't you help me do that? And things like that. 
And what God is showing me is that we have to learn how to be content with what God gave us and not determine that because God's doing something with someone else, that means that he's not doing something with us where we are. We pull away from friendships that we're not supposed to pull away from because of whatever it is. We think we want what they have and things like that. And it makes us feel a certain type of way. And God's like, but I didn't ask you to pull away from them. We've got to understand that God is going to give us what we need and he's going to connect us to who he's going to connect us to. There are going to be friends in our lives that are going to feel like they're more successful than us. It's always going to happen for the rest of your life, no matter who you are. There are always going to be friends that feel like they're further ahead than you or that they have more than you. And just because it feels like that doesn't mean that you pull away. It means you check your heart. Why am I not okay with what God gave me? Why am I not okay with the journey and the path that God put me on? Why am I not okay with the allotment of land that God gave me? Do I trust that God saw my situation and met my needs the way my needs need to be met? Or do I not trust God to know? Do I think I know better than him? And what happens, we go to James and James says the, 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 the foundation of all evil is bitter envy and selfish ambition. What God gave me is not enough. I want what you got. And, and, and the selfish ambition piece, I don't care who God asks me to take care of. I'm going to take care of mine and me. It's not how God works. It's not how his kingdom works. That's not how God works. God will always, it, God will always give people different stuff because they need different stuff. God will always divvy up the land differently because different tribes need different things. always. This is a consistent principle throughout scripture and a pattern of God. God is not like, you know, as moms, sometimes we're like, okay, let's make sure everybody got the same on the plate. Cause I don't want to hear any arguing. I want to make sure that everybody got the same. Like don't, no, don't give them gummy snacks. Give everybody gummy snacks. If you don't have enough gummy snacks, give everybody, don't give nobody gummy snacks. Like that's me as a mom. Why do I do that? Because I want to avoid arguing. I want to avoid complaining. And I just make sure that everybody has exactly the same. God don't do that. He don't care about the arguing. He don't care about the complaining. He says, I gave you what you need. I'm not going to give you something you don't need. So, so me as a mom, I want to divvy everything up, make sure everybody got the same. And God's like, but no, but that child is different than that child. That child don't like gummy snacks and the gummy snack going to break them out. And, and this child would do better with applesauce because the applesauce would be better for his stomach. 
And then that child over there, that child needs to have some milk because the milk will settle some things that I see happening in that child. You see what I'm saying? That's how God works. He's like, oh, they need this over here because I, I need this part of the land to be. And so God is not looking at us and saying, oh, well, let me be fair. God is like, this is fair. This is just. This is fair. This is just. No, it's not. God, it's not fair because they got more than me. They got what you they needed and you got what you needed. That's fair. That's just. Well, God, they their path looked so much less painful than mine. I feel like my path had a whole bunch of pain. That, that goes back to Joseph's story. Joseph had to go through the pain to get to the second in command of Egypt so that he could rescue his brothers that didn't have to go through the pain he went through. I had to send somebody so that the, the family could be rescued, right? Well, yeah, God, but why couldn't you just send all of them? Why did you have to just send me? Because I only needed one person to go. So you see, this is God. God is like, this is fair. This is justice. Do we trust the justice of the Lord? This is fair. This is justice. Fair and just doesn't always mean everybody gets the same thing. It means I give everybody what they need to do what I've called them to do and to walk the path I've placed them on. And so that's one of the big ways that we have to be willing to see God differently than how we would do things, what we call justice. What we call fair. God has been getting on me. And he says, Dominique, you're, you're over there fighting for justice the way the world says justice is supposed to happen. But have you plugged into me to determine what is justice according to what I'm saying? Or have you, have you looked at another? Come on, Jesus. Mm, are we going here? You're going to go here. Some people are going to be mad. Let's go. Because <laughs> this is what God's been dealing with my heart on. Mm. You've determined that ju you look at one race of people and you feel like they're sitting on the top. And you've determined that the only justice that you will accept is if your life looks like theirs. You see, you see a white man. Oh God, we're going here. You see a white man and you're like, God, unless my life has the same opportunities as that white man sitting up there, then it's not justice and I don't accept it. And God is like, but you've got to understand that I'm always going to have that person and you and that person and that person on a different journey. It's always going to look different. 
and it doesn't make it, it doesn't mean that I'm not doing what I need to do in your life. You can't keep staring at a group of people and saying, well, because I don't have what they have, it's not, I, nope, I don't accept it. God says, look, you've got to get your eyes off of all these people and walk and trust that I'm going to give you what you need. Oh, Jesus. You've got to, you have got to learn that I am going to take care of you. Well, God, well, God, they didn't have to go through what my ancestors went through. They didn't have to go through the path and the journey that my people had to go through. It ain't fair. And they should have to, and God's like, they should have to what? Go through what you went through. It's, I'm, it's not going to happen. You have got to learn to trust me. You have got to learn to trust where I've taken your people. You have got to learn that I didn't forget about you, that I didn't forget about your ancestors, that I didn't forget about your people, that I didn't just leave you out. You have got to learn to trust me. For justice. Because there are some things that you learn, that your ancestors learned, that other cultures haven't learned. There's some things on the inside of you that you're discounting, that you learned in the midst of struggle. There's some things on the inside of you that you're discounting, that you've got that they don't. And if we would stop comparing and fighting for what somebody else has. Jeez, Louise. And trust that I gave you what you need. Because I know where I'm taking you. Stop looking. Oh, this is for me. Stop looking at what someone else has and then determining you lack. Who told you you lack? God, I don't have what they got because I'm not taking you that way. God, it wasn't as easy for me as it was for them. Do you trust me? The path that you're on is necessary. And I love how when God starts to talk to us about it, he never really takes us on a path like, well, they went through hard stuff too. And they went, he's like, it's not about them. Remember when, when, when uh, Martha was complaining about her sister? Jesus, she's over there sitting at your feet. I'm over here working. She said, Martha, Martha. You're worried about many things. He didn't he didn't take it back to Mary and say, well, well, she went through hard stuff too. She's struggling over there too. He's like, look, 
Martha, Martha. Focus on the wrong stuff. You focus on the wrong stuff. You focused on the wrong justice. It's the justice I'm fighting for, the justice of the Lord. Brandy said, greater peace is when we stay in our lane, follow God's path for us, straight and narrow until he says turn left or at the next path. <laughs> Karen said, or what about Peter asking about John? You remember John? He was like, is he going to go through what I'm going to go through? And Jesus said, just follow me. Stop worrying about what everybody else get, don't get. Stop looking at their land and yours and saying, why mine smaller? Why don't I have what they need, what they get? Because I'm taking you somewhere else? Because I'm doing something different in your life? Because I have another direction for you? I'm, I'm taking you on a particular path and journey? I'm giving you what you need to do what I've called you to do? Do you trust me? Do you trust me that nobody could take anything from you? Like, do, do, do you trust me that, and this is hard, this is, this is hard. Because when we look at stories like Job and things like that and and we see all the struggle and things. And we look at stories like Joseph. We look at story, we look at Jesus. And God is like, do you trust me even in your hard times? Do you trust me even in your hard times when you're struggling? Look at Joseph. It looked like everything was falling apart, but that was just the path God had to take him on to get him to where he needed him to be. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Woo! Do you trust me? Do you trust my justice? Do you trust my justice? Do you trust me to be just? Do you trust me to be fair? Do you trust me to be just? Do you trust me to be fair? So this is the thing. Oftentimes we trust God to be powerful. We trust God to have power. We recognize that God is all powerful. We trust God to be all knowing. The question then for today is, do you trust God to be fair? And I'll be honest, it used to be very difficult for me to trust God to be fair because I would look back at my history and it felt very unfair. God, why didn't you step in? 
God, why didn't you do something? God, why did you let this happen? The question becomes, do I trust God to be fair? I read, we just read the book of Joshua. And I'll be honest, I struggled with this book. Why? Because it looked from my lens unfair. And God is getting me and I believe other people to a place where he's like, you got to trust me to be fair. But in order to trust me that I'm fair and that I'm just, you got to lay down your own opinions of what fair and just look like. Because everybody is not going to get the same stuff. Everybody's journey is not going to look the same. Everybody is not going to have the same number of zeros in their bank account. And everybody is not going to walk through the same paths. Because everybody has a different journey and a different path with different needs and different lessons that they need to pick up along the way to do what they need to do. It would be unjust of God to give you, to, to, to weigh you down with a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need. And that's the fairness of God is that he will give each person what they need for the journey that they're on. That's the fairness and justice of God. Not that everybody's stuff is going to look the same. Bailey said, God told me one day, I don't need to know your needs. I know your need. Oxygen. I know you need oxygen to breathe. I know what you need to show. So, so stop telling me what you need. Your wants are disguised as your needs. Ooh. And oftentimes our wants are just a reflection of our jealousy. You don't really want that. It just looked fun that they have it. It's like the kid that was perfectly fine playing with the toy they had. And then they see somebody else with a bigger toy. And now all of a sudden they want the toy of the other kid. You don't want that. It just looks fun that they have it and you're upset that they're having fun and you don't feel like you're having as much fun as them. Our wants aren't even our wants. Oftentimes it's just our jealousy on display. You really want to clean that big old house. You looking at the, your friend house and you, oh, I want that house. I want, you don't even like cleaning the house you got. I want what they got. I want all them bedrooms and all them toilets and all them bathrooms. I want it. They got it. I want it too. No, you don't. You're just jealous. And you're calling it a want. Heart check. One, two, one, two. Right? God's just heart checking us. He's like, did you?
Ah, Janice says, honestly, I'd rather God not be fair. Come on. <laughs> says fair means getting exactly what you deserve. True. It's justice. If God only treated me fairly, I wouldn't be going to heaven. I would ha wouldn't have a place. That's true. Come on. We have to check the things that we want. We're saying to God, I want this. I want that. Why don't you give it to me? It's not fair that you didn't give me that. It's not fair that you didn't give me this. Do you love them more than me? Did I do something wrong? Are you displeased with me? Because you're not giving me what they got. But you don't even want it. God, God, you're calling it a want. Come on. But do you really? Because with every want comes responsibility. So you're ultimately saying, when you say you want a thing, you're also saying, I want the responsibility that goes along with it. And God's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. See, just says, what do you think about saying favor ain't fair? Yeah, I think that goes to what um, what Janice was saying, which is like, if God gave us what we deserved, you know, but sometimes we use it kind of weird. Like that saying is used all kind of weird. It depends on what they're, they're saying it to me. Um, but yeah, people say favor ain't fair. Just true. Right. Because fair, going back to what Janice says, fairness implies that we get what we deserve. And in favor implies that we get what God gives us. Right. And the favor of God is also the justice of God. Right. So we have to understand that God's favor is God's justice. He's going to do what needs to be done and he's going to give us what we need. So when we look at this little map, and I know we've got to go, but when we look at this little map and we see all of the different sizes of the lands and the disbursements of the lands, it could be very easy for us to look at this and say, this does not seem, if you're me, you would use the term fair first, but that wouldn't be the correct term. But it, you might say this doesn't seem fair or this doesn't seem just. It doesn't seem like everybody got the same thing. And the reality is everybody won't get the same thing. Everybody won't get the same thing. This is the same that goes for males and females. And I know a lot of people may not like that. I, I'm going to say this, but it's just been hitting my heart lately. Males and females will always be have a different journey that they have to travel. They will always have a different journey that they will have to travel. I can't want to journey the path of a man. I can't. A man is always going to have a different journey. It doesn't mean it's going to be stereotypically different, but it's always going to be a different journey. There's things that I go through that he will never have to, like a period. 
Like, I don't care how many, I don't care how many hormones and changes you make your body. You're not going to have a period. My husband's not going to go through a period. Right? I, it just, it's not going to happen. I could want it. I could be like, oh, why do I have to go through this period? And he doesn't. Well, because you carry the children. And so there's there's a system set in place so that you can do your part and he can do his. And it's not not fair. It's the justice of the Lord. Everybody's given what they need to do what God has called them to do. Everybody's given what they need in order to do what God has called us to do. And we've got to learn how to trust the justice of the Lord. Oftentimes, it's really hard to accept even me being a woman because it feels like, oh, I don't get the same opportunities. I don't get the same this. I don't get the same that. And there's so many things that I feel like, oh, well, I feel like this and I struggle with this because I'm a woman. And let me tell you something. This almost tore my marriage up. And I'm just going to say it. This almost tore my marriage up because I was looking at all the things I felt like I had to do and looking at my husband and all the things I felt like he wasn't doing. And I had determined that why doesn't he got to do what I got to do? That's not fair. And so what did I do? I began to think and undermine and not value or be grateful for the part that he played. And I thought, I'm doing all the work. I, you should either be doing what I'm doing or I should be doing what you're doing. And God had to get me to a point where he's like, why would I need to put two people in the same house doing the same thing? That's a waste of resources. God doesn't waste just so that I can be, oh, now I feel good. God doesn't need to put two people in the same house that are doing the same thing. Divide and conquer, like conquer, divide and conquer. Everybody got a part to play. Don't discount their part because they're not doing what you're doing. Whew. Don't determine that they haven't aren't going through stuff because it don't look what you like what you're going through. If you keep looking at what somebody else got, you will keep discounting the favor and the justice that God has given you. Stacey said God's version of intersectionality is upside down than the world's version. At the center is Jesus. One part is trusting. I too have asked God why I had to go through the journey I had to and suffered through different ways. Thank you because we all need a reminder that God has us. We can trust God to be just. We can trust God to be just. I've grumbled, y'all. I've complained about my husband, about everything. Everybody was just, oh, why is my heart life so hard? Why isn't their life so hard? I couldn't even enjoy my own life. 
A lot of us are not enjoying our own life because we're so busy looking at what somebody else got. We can't even enjoy what God gave us. We're waiting for God to tear somebody else down or or build me up in order for us to enjoy our lives. And God's like, you can enjoy your life right here where you are with what I gave you. You can enjoy your part. You can enjoy right here, right now. You don't have to look at the fact that, oh, my husband didn't wash the dishes today. So therefore, I'm not going to enjoy my life. I'm just going to sit here and stare at him because he didn't wash no dishes. I was like, you're torturing yourself. Vigia says, we really need to really appreciate what we have. I believe that is something Satan used with Eve in the garden. And since it worked, he's been using it since Genesis 3 to his advantage till today. Convincing us that we don't have what we need. And that God is withholding something from us. God is not withholding anything. He's giving you what you need. Come on, hallelujah. So looking at that allotment, the Levites didn't get land. It's okay, they didn't need it. God was gonna provide for them. Reuben's land was so much smaller than Judah's. It's okay, they had what they needed. Why did Manasseh get two allotments of land and and, 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 and Simeon only got one? Because Simeon only needed one and Manasseh needed two. Amen, Lindsay. When I saw the numbers, I knew it was a baby. So no need. You don't even have to delete them. You're fine. <laughs> God gave us what we need. We got to trust him with what he gave us. Trust him with what he gave us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do I trust God to be just? Do I trust God to be just? Do I trust God to be just? Even in a world that feels so unjust. Do I trust God to be bigger than the world? And do I trust God to be just? I don't have to try to steal from what someone else has. And I don't have to pout because I don't got what they got. I can trust God to be just. Can can I say right now where I'm at? I don't know what you're going through, but can I say, like, I trust God that I have what I need today. 
That's hard to say when you're struggling and you feel like you're struggling financially. And you feel like all this stuff. But God is like, trust me to be just. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your justice. We thank you, Lord, that you give us what we need and you provide for the call that you've placed on each of our lives. That you're there with us in each season. Father, we thank you for the testimonies of people like Joseph that remind us that sometimes the path that we have to take is hard, but it doesn't mean that it's not necessary to get us right to where you are taking us. So Lord, today we desire to trust you to be just. Lord, we ask that you would help us to trust you to be just. That you would continue to deal with the jealousy in our hearts. That you would, you would continue to deal with the discontentment Lord God, and that you would pull those things out of us, Lord God, through your word, through, through, through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, and help us to trust you to be just. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're getting ready to go. But I just want to say that you gotta try, we gotta trust the justice of the Lord. If you've lost a friend recently or someone has walked out of your life, trust, trust God. Trust the path of the Lord. If things feel like they're falling apart. And you look over at someone you know, and it feels like everything they got is coming together. Get your eyes off of them and trust God with your life, where you are right now. Father, we lift up Janice and her son, Cutter. Lord God, he's been sick. They've all been sick, but it's hitting him hardest. Father God, we pray for your healing, Lord, over the whole family. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. We pray for Jessica, Lord God. She gets her kids ready for school. I know that feeling of like, ah, woke up late. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help to calm her and give her peace, Lord, and walk with her as she gets her kids ready in the name of Jesus. I love you guys. I love you guys. And I pray that today, I pray that today we take our eyes off of what we think other people have and the success we think they have. And I pray we put our eyes on God and trust him that no matter where we are in this season of our lives, if God is with us, which he is, I have what I need. Amen. I, if God is with us, I have what I need. Amen. If um, I'm supposed to make announcements, Erica is my helper. Let's see. Okay. What, what would Erica say? Okay. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Boom. I remembered. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Um, and please go back and write a comment of your big takeaways. Lenita is actually um, doing a, a raffle at the end of the month with all the people that have commented on any video. So you can go back and comment on some other ones um, and get, get a chance to win a $25 gift cards to the Faith Mama's store. Um, and what else? There's something else. I don't know. There's other things. Oh, yeah. I'll see you guys on Sunday morning at 7 a.m., Lord willing. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Y'all, I always get to the end and I'm like, oh, I'm so great. I'm so awesome. And then I forget all the things I'm supposed to say. Um the Trauma Survivors Group is live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time inside the app. So make sure to jump in there. Even if you've never been in that group, but you know that you need to be, please make sure you jump in there and, and check out the live. Um, amen. And check out the live. All right. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. And also, if you uh, if this ministry has touched your heart in any way, please consider donating. It really, truly does help us to continue to do the work that God has um on this ministry to do. And you guys know it's in my heart, my desire um, to actually have a team of women um, that are kind of dedicated to doing this work um, and that we are able to uh, provide financially for them by paying them and things like that so that they can focus on the work here. And it's really hard to be split in many different ways. So if you, if it's on your heart, please give like, comment, share, subscribe, all the things. And I will see you guys on Sunday morning. Um, and I don't know what we're talking about on Sunday, but we talk about something and I love you guys and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. I told you God would show up. He always does. If today impacted your life in any way, would you consider giving a financial gift to Faith Mamas? That really helps us to continue to provide the Faith Mamas Tribe app for free, continuing to do mornings with Jesus, as well as continuing to provide the absolutely free devotional guides. If this is something that God has laid on your heart, please go to faithmamas.org forward slash give. Your gift of any amount would really help this ministry continue to reach women for Christ. And don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Leave those comments of your big takeaways. We would love to hear from you. And lastly, 
Don't forget to download the Faith Mamas Tribe app. If you're not there yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to build community right alongside you. And I'll see you next time for Mornings with Jesus.